Ron Ananian. I'm a little spoiled. I have a I have a Ford IDS, which is the same scan tool as as the Ford deal. I have I have, I have too many scan tools. I lose track sometimes. The Car Doctor. What's wrong with the idea of can we hook a mechanical oil pressure gauge up or do we really have a, do we have an oil starvation issue? Well, and it's funny because my mechanic said the same thing. I got a good guy. I haven't brought it in for its next round of oil change yet. Perhaps bring it in before that and let him do that. But he suggested the same thing. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ronnie Nanny and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions. If you've got a problem, make it the Car Doctor's problem. Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 855-560-9900. Whatever you've got going on and fender to fender and door to door, it's... um. That's the way it's going to be, and that's just the way this whole, you know, it's 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 funny, right? I, I said to Mikey during the pause, because this is our second hour this week, um, you know, it, it there, there's something about the phones and the calls today and the way the whole thing is working, and then I realized, I think it's a new moon tonight. Like, it's going to be really dark tonight, and then, so this is the beginning of the, the, the next moon starts tomorrow or the day after, and as it's just about to go to the first phone call of the day, the phone screen went blank, so all the phones are gone. It's like, it's just, but that's okay, because the car doctor is always repaired, because a good mechanic is always repa- always prepared. you got to be a good scout, and I wanted to talk about this. Gentleman by the name of, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to hurt his name, but Don Yoger, um, D-O-A-N-E, Yoger from, uh, let's see, Merced County Times, wrote a recent article, uh, this is May 8th, this goes back a couple of months, about skilled auto mechanics are close to rocket scientists. We actually posted this on the Facebook page. Um, and it's just an interesting look from someone that's a little older, and he goes back and speaks about his perception of, yeah, the good mechanics really are rocket scientists. And uh, it's just, we're going to talk about that a little bit this hour. But right now, let's get back to the phones. Let's get to the phones while we can get to the phones because they're working, because the moon hasn't affected them. Ray in New York City, how can I help you, sir? Hey, Ron, how you doing? First time call, a long time listener. Thank you, sir. I have a question regarding the Mitchell Standard Labor Rate. Okay. I was wondering if you can expl- explain that to me, because I took my car in for service at, a deal- at the Ford dealer, 2010 Ford Explorer. Right. I had, like, three things done to it. Uh, it was time to change swap plug, fuel filter, and stuff. And I find that my bill, I was o- way overcharged for labor, for the amount of time that it was there for. Okay, so give me some details. What's what what kind of what kind of time were you charged for? Well, when I break down the bill, because you know most auto service bills have a separate labor charge and part. Right. Labor and part. Right. Okay. So the the labor was according to the bill they get their uh, one one thirty one thirty eight an hour. Okay. So. I divided up the cost of the labor by the hours, like came up to like six to seven hours. But I recall I was only there for like three and a half to four. Okay, so they did this while you wait. Is what is 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 the yeah, I was, is the gist of it? Yeah, this is like my second time I waited. I, I normally 
drop it off and go to work. But this time I, you know, I waited. Okay. So you ask them, why are you charging me? Let's let's round it up, Ray. Let's say, why are you charging me six hours and I was only here for three? Correct. And they said what? That's the standard labor rate based on the type of job that's being done. Okay. I was having a, a fuel filter done, spark plugs changed, and the spark plug team, the spark plug chain team, and the spark plugs and wires seemed like the most amount of hours, like four point ten, on the truck. And that's like I would think that's like four hours. Right. You know. So I'm like, but wasn't I was only here for four hours. Let me let me ask you this so, question. Because there's an answer here, and I don't know if you'll like it, but I'll, I'll tell you. But before I answer, I just want to know, what were you quoted? Did you pay what you were quoted, or was it way over? No, when the, it was quoted to me before I agreed to do the job, but I thought the quote was probably the parts were expensive, you know, like half the, half of the cost was in parts. Right. So, so you know, because it was because of the dealership. They they told you it was you know? they told you it was twelve hundred dollars, and you just assumed that it was more parts than labor and so on. And then when you broke Correct. the brill down, you went, "Wait a minute, I was here, I was here three hours, and they charged me for six. Yeah, no. And when I see the price of the parts, and then then I see like a Holly, you know, I I tell them because like I said, I listen to you for a long time. I tell them leave old parts in my car. Right. You know. Um. There was an unexpected job that I didn't expect to do because I only went in there really for spark plugs and fuel filter. Then there was something regarding the front differential seal was leaking, and that took the part for that was very cheap, and this took less time for the than the spark plugs. So, so did they? If you look at the invoice, how many technicians does it show on the ticket? One. One. Did you ask them, was it one technician or two? So it was one, because I could see that dealership, you could, I, I mean, yeah, they take that dealership, they take you to the car, show you everything, uh, seeing the same, you could, you could see, you could look through the from the waiting area, you could see who's touching the car and everything, you could see them working. So it was the same guy on the car throughout the whole time. Okay. You know, four hours to do spark plugs on anything today sounds excessive. So I don't know if there, and, and, and some repair shops, not just dealerships, but some repair shops have a cost multiplier where if the book says it's an hour, they'll multiply it by, you know, three-tenths and they'll make it 1.3. And I understand that, too. There's a certain There's a certain fudge factor because there's a certain element of, it's an estimate, it's, it's what's it going to really take to do the job based on age, rust, dirt, grit, contaminant, and so on. But I mean, from what you're telling me, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat around the bush. From what you're telling me, Ray, it it, it sounds like you were overcharged. It it just something so, something doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, typical pinion seal. If this was a front pinion seal on an Explorer, yeah, you know. Um, an hour, hour and a half, not unusual. Got to take the drive shaft, move the drive shaft out of the way. That's the bigger pain in the neck. Got to, you know, break the pinion nut loose, check preload, pull it apart, get the yoke off, clean the yoke up, maybe crocus cloth it a little bit, get the old seal out, put the new seal in. 
Um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of a process there. Uh, check the fluid level. There's an hour and a half, maybe two hours on a bad day. Uh, the car doesn't want to agree right. with you. So, you know, at 138, there's 250, 300 bucks in labor plus a seal. The seal kit's probably 20, 25 bucks. Um, you know, that's probably a realistic number. Spark plugs on an Explorer, a, uh, what is it, a 4.0? Correct. Okay. So a, a 4.0 Explorer, maybe where, I'm trying to think of what book time is. It's been a while since we've seen bad spark plugs on one of those. Um, you know, maybe it's... Yeah, the, ma the manual says it's got, it should be changed at 90,000. Uh, I have 89. Right. But, you know, maybe maybe spark plugs are, you know, hour and a half, two hours, not four. You know, I That's could see, I... I could see, now I'll say it like this. I could see, you know, three, four hours of time of doing spark plugs, fuel filter, air filter, throttle body cleaning. All right. You know, maybe some of the other filters, air filter, cabin filter, that kind of stuff. You know, sort of package it together. Labor guides, right. labor guides, to your original question, labor guides are just what it implies. It's a guide. It's an estimate. It's a, it's a guess as to, you know, based on time and condition. And, you know, they're, they're within their obligation. They've got to sort of break this out. You know, how do we go from you're there four hours, but you're charging me six, almost seven. All right. You can't argue. Right. You can't argue with the rate. That's their cost of doing business. It's one hundred and thirty-eight dollars an hour. That's that's the game. All right. Now, right. I'm not disputing that. Yeah. I know the business. You got You got to. Of course, you got to make right. money to run right. a business. You know. You know I, I just. I understand I, that. I, to me, that just sounds. And and in all fairness, okay. My experience has been when the book says two hours, it usually takes three. <laughs> you know, it's the book is the book is the book is never that generous where you're beating the book. You know, in the old days, you got into the habit, you've done the job a hundred times, you could you could beat the book, you could beat the book by a bit, all right. But right. you know, it depends on the job, depends on the car company, depends on condition. But something like this, I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's there's two and a half, three hours of billable time, not counting the pinion seal, but between the spark plugs and filters, maybe there's two and a half, three hours of billable time, and it sounds like they they build you double that, and that doesn't make any sense to me. I would try and have yeah, a, I, I would try and have a better conversation with them. So I did speak to the service manager, and and then he he mentioned something about uh you know. It also, be, it also depends on who, who, which mechanic is working on it. And I was, he was like, you know, I had my top, he said I had my top guy working on it, you know. So, uh, you know, he did it in less time or, or his work or his average or whatever guy could have worked on it, could have took more time. And then something about the heads of that gear explorer with the spark plug could have, you know, could have... Um, so, problem, so this is the, a the experience of the mechanic. They're they're saying this is a three valve. This is a three valve plug motor. Um, so it's a four. Well, I don't know if it is a three. It's a four point oh, six two thousand ten. Okay. If this is if this is the problematic four zero, where the plug can break in the head, is that what they're saying? Yeah, but I've heard of that too. Yes, I've heard of that even before I had it done. 
Right. I've heard of that. I I still don't see. You know, I can I can well then then book time then either book time is wrong or something's wrong with this process. Either that or they've got a procedure that they're doing something faster and simpler. Um, something doesn't make any sense. You, you need a better explanation. Either that or they just you happen to stumble upon the one job they can do faster than the book. And if the book says four hours and or two hours, but they did it in four. If the book says eight and they did it in four, it's it's all a matter of what book time is. You're going to have to go back and, uh, you know what, do this. Take my email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. Can you, can, you okay. can you send me a copy of that invoice? I kind of want to see this. Okay. All right. And, you know, I'm not saying well, they did anything well, wrong, but let's, let's, let me see it. Let me look at the VIN. Let me look up at labor times, and maybe I can explain it to you in a better manner and, uh, you know, clear the air. Have, and, and, and then we'll kind of go from there. All right, Ray? Yeah, and the service manager did throw in five free full-service oil changes. Okay, so he's trying. Let me send me the bill. I'm up against the clock. I got to go, but send me the bill. Let me take a look at it, and then we can uh, I can maybe dope this out for you a little bit better. All right, kiddo, stay tight, and uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The car doctor's coming right back. Don't go away. For the best in car advice, give Ron a call, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Mikey, I'm afraid to take any more calls today. It's a new moon show. Um, weird things happen on, you know, weird things happen on radio. New moon shows and full moon shows. And you can just, like, I'm almost afraid to just go into the next call. I have no idea what it's about. I'm just saying that. Let's go see what happens. You ready? Okay. Dodge in Maryland, you're up next with the car doctor. How can I help? Yeah, you're living dangerously today. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if Walt from Hawaii calls, my day will be over. So, <laughs> so how uh, I'm are calling you? about the previous uh, segment in the uh, auto storage. I'm sure you're well aware of There's a lot of gas stations out through the country that sell ethanol-free gas. Right. So if you're going to store anything, you make the trip and get some ethanol-free gas at the gas station or a lot of the little airports carry it. If, if you can find it, all right, because, you know, certain parts of the country don't have ethanol-free gas. They got it in New Jersey, but they don't have it in Delaware. But right. They have it at the airports because you can't put ethanol gas in your little airplane. Okay. But ethanol, but, but airline gas, airplane gas is so much more expensive. Isn't it? We're talking about storage here. What, okay. what do you need, a, a couple of gallons? Well, but what are you going to do, drain the system of all the gas that's in it and then put this in? You're going to run your vehicle until it's really low, and then you're going to put in a few gallons of this. And Yeah, exactly. But, that's but, cheaper than tearing a car down. Now, right? now, now wait a minute, Dodge, because we're going we're gonna to agree to disagree here, all right? Um, wouldn't it make more sense to pour in a bottle of fuel stabilizer? at a lower cost, then go fill up your car with or put five gallons of airplane fuel in your tank just to prevent... It doesn't have to be airplane fuel. How long is the stabilizer actually at? You know what, Ron? If it was me, I'd rather eliminate the alcohol, which is essentially the problem from the get-go. Well, I agree with you. I, listen, my idea, is, my idea is when it comes to storage, just don't store the car. Drive it year-round, which, which eliminates the problem altogether. Depending where you live. Right. Or just start it up in the garage. 
You have to do that. If you're a car guy, you have to start the car once or twice or three times in the winter. We, we call that the winter equinox. You go outside, you open the garage doors, all right? You get a, you get, you get a, a cup of your favorite hot beverage, whatever that might be, and you stand out there, you run the car, you play some rock and roll music, you run it for about a half hour, circulate everything, you move it back three inches, you move it forward three inches, and you shut it off. Yeah. And you, I, I got you. Okay. You know, and that's, yeah, who that's, thinks about starting up their snowblower in August? Well, <laughs> well the, see, now the snowblower, though, is easier. The snowblower, if you are dedicated, okay, you can get alcohol-free fuel even at the local supply house, hardware store, Home Depot, Lowe's, all those places. They all have that. They You're have, talking about that synthetic gas? Uh, not synthetic gas. I actually have it at home for the blowers. I keep. I don't use ethanol. I don't use pump gas in, any, in, in my blower or my little hedge trimmer, which they don't let me use because I. that's, that's a whole other story how that ended up. But... Um, you know, you can get alcohol-free fuel in smaller containers, and how much you use the snowblower, that 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 kind of makes sense, all right? Um, listen, I'm not arguing. I get what you're saying. You're not wrong, but there's also a point of practicality of what's easier to do. Go buy a bottle of stable fuel stabilizer at the local supply house, put it in the tank, you're done, or drive to the airport. Not everybody has an airport around them. And oh, there's little airports everywhere. It's... For me, I'm driving into Maryland. I'm getting a couple of gallons of alcohol-free gas. Well, you know what's great about this country? You do what you want. <laughs> you, you, you do what you want, brother. All right, and you're not wrong. You know, it's it's it's. Listen, this is no different than the conversation when somebody asks me, "How often should I change my oil? Should I change my oil based on what the manufacturer says? And how long will oil last? And how long do oil filters last?" You know what? I think. The greater majority of people are on an individual oil and filter change basis. Everybody's a little different, right? But I don't know. How many listeners does this show have? Three, four, six, maybe eight on a good day. I'd have to give out too many detailed analysis, different oil changes, and it's hard. So you try to lump things into masses. When it comes to fuel, listen, put a bottle of stable in the tank, um, just like we were talking about, and call it a day. And at that point, you know, you don't have to drive to the airport or go anywhere else. Dodge, I always appreciate the calls and the information. You are part of my new moon radio shows, I can tell. I'm Ron Anning, the car doctor. I'll be back right after this. back ron and the car doctor this is the witching hour this is that time in the show when all things kind of transpire and go dark how's that mikey that was a good open huh for a new moon show that wasn't bad um we're a little scared this hour folks if you're new and just listening and tuning in because it's definitely a new moon show and um the calls are just new moonish sam illinois the pressure's on babe Give me a give me a normal question. Welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Well, thank you, thank you for having me on. Uh, great show, by the way. Thank you. Excellent. Um, I have a uh, 2001 740 IL, 145,000 miles. Um, all of a sudden, the doors, the windows, via the the remote or the door switches, especially the back doors. I can't even open them up. Um, so, so let me get this right. 
the the car okay. is the car is acting like it's haunted. Yeah. <laughs> on the on on the new yeah. moon on the new moon edition well, of the car doctor. Woo. Yeah. Oh, brother. Um, <laughs> the other thing is the, all all of the uh, the computers have been uh, flashed, um, and the guy that I go to still can't figure it out. Why? What's going on with it? Uh, okay. the, the key works. The key uh, works. The transponder works. You know, it, it's talking. Uh, so it's not a problem with the key. It's just the windows and the doors. Uh, I can open. The, the other thing is the driver's door. I can open it from the outside, unlock it. And he says that that shouldn't be happening right now. The way things are going, it says it shouldn't be working that way. So... Uh, I have no. I, I'm at a loss right now, and I, I, I'm trying to avoid it, taking it to the dealer. Okay, we have two choices. All right, you ready? Yeah. The, the first. No. Choice, well, maybe. <laughs> right. It's listen. Wait. Wait. I, I can't, we can't wait to see what next weekend's show is like because next weekend will be leading up to the full moon. So <laughs> this could be even worse. You know, it'd be like I'll be sitting here. They'll have to strap right. me in the chair. So you know, un understand. This is all modules. Okay. And, and communication Modules, okay. and, 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 and speaking okay. to one another. The, the, the key player okay. with the door lock actuators is what, what they call the general module. The general module sends a voltage signal to the lock actuators to lock and unlock the car. Now, if the general module is acting up and seems to be possessed and have a mind of its own, it will right. it will unlock the doors lock the doors it will prevent the doors from being unlocked it will prevent the doors the doorknobs from being pulled on because it'll apply the actuators into the on position when they're not supposed to so the general okay. module has to be considered now one of the things they could try um, if they don't have another 740 next to it and, and I know a lot of shops will just swap the module just and flash it and see you know, will that work? Right. Um, is they can check input and output signal from the general module, or look or, or look for data impulses to see is the general module sending out commands when it's not supposed to. All right. This is you know what you're driving is not an automobile. What you're driving is a com is a computer network with four tires and an engine. All right. And there's there are more computers in a 740 BMW. Uh, for for that year vehicle, there are more computers in that car than I think any other car at that time period. I think the number was 114, if if I recall correctly. It's it, yeah, it's some ridiculous amount. You know, when they talk about BMWs and that they're rocket ships, that's the car they were talking about. All right, that thing that thing wow. makes the Challenger look like a biplane. Um, the space shuttle look like a biplane. Okay. So it's 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 just that complicated. So we want to pay attention to the general module. We want to be aware, could the driver's door switch be at fault? Okay. Because the driver's door okay. switch is a main input. Because think about it, right? It's, it's looking to see the driver's door open, I should unlock the locks. If the driver's door is reporting open, it may, it may start to unlock the locks when it's not supposed to. However, you would think it should trigger the dome light, which I bet it's not. Okay. Is it? I don't know. Right? You would think I, because you open the door, the switch opens. Door, it should. It right. should, yeah. It should. It should. You're right. Yeah. So, so we've got to start okay. to think in terms of inputs and modules and, you know, where we could be going as far as, you know, what's happening and when. 
Um, here's a classic okay. case of, can your mechanic duplicate it if he were to keep the car and drive it? He, you mean the problem? Right. Pro I mean, the problem is there. Okay. It's, it's, there. it's not intermittent. It, it's a... It's a it's hard a failure. Dead. <laughs> it's a hard yeah. failure. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Yes. It's, a, it's a broken. It's not admitting at all. It's dead. Oh, good. Oh, then it's a I mean, then it's a then it's an easier car to fix. Well, I was hoping it was, but he's scratching his head now. So, like I said, after the flashing, and so he's got to uh, be. He's not and, a dealer. He's but he's got to be a pretty competent shop if he can flash a BMW. Yeah, he's got he's got the right equipment. So. Um, uh, but I, I, I'll mention the stuff that you're mentioning. So you know, it's the general module is yeah. the, is the brains of the of the lock actuator system in that vehicle. So that's that's the first choice. Now the second choice. Uh huh. All right. You're where? What part of the country are you? You're Illinois. Is it like a rural? Illinois. Is yeah. it is it a rural area? Yeah. So you yeah, have, you have to drive out into the country. And find the first yeah. rock wall with a tall oak tree silhouetted against the, the <laughs> night sky. All right? You have to drive around yeah. the tree clockwise three times while rubbing your belly button right. and holding a candle outside the window to see if it will go out. All right? And then you have to wait right. for the, the headless horseman to appear, and when it does, the car is cured. Yeah. All right? Not to make right, this not right, to make right. this difficult. I would try talking to your mechanic. That's probably easier. Um, it, it might right, be it right. might be tough to find the right field in the middle of Illinois somewhere. So um, right. you know, I, right. I I enjoyed the call, Sam. Right. And I'm almost afraid to let you go because <laughs> you were the first well, almost normal call of the day, and that says something today, oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. It'll get better. It'll get well, better. I'm hoping. So all um, right, all right, sir. Listen, okay, thank a pleasure. You very much. I appreciate it. Again, it's a great show. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Bye bye, Mikey. What do you think? That was like a normal. I bet you there is a somebody somewhere in Illinois. Somebody's looking for an oak tree now with a cornfield and a. You're listening to the changes of sight, sound, and mind as we all lose ours. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Yeah, well, there you go. That show still scares the heck out of me. And how come, as long as we're on the subject, you ever notice the Twilight Zone is always on at like 11 or midnight? I'm old, and I still can't watch that show, and I'm definitely old. I'm not watching that show at midnight, Saturday night, you know, the leaves rustle in October. Get away from me. I, You know, true story, right? You talk about things that go bump in the night. When I first started the business with the shop, right, and going back 35 years, I was, I was renting space from a limousine company. So I was in the front half of the building, and I would fix their limousines by day. And then they slowly became a limousine and hearse company. All right? Right? I was fixing hearses. Now, you can fix a hearse. It's okay. I mean, it's maybe this is a good new moon story, good new moon show story. So you can fix a hearse any time of the day. It doesn't bother you, right? But as the hours get longer into the night, because you would work, you know, you didn't work eight hours when you were starting a business. You worked round the clock. You're trying to build the business. You were there my God, 24, 28 hours a day if it was possible. There was something about October, all right? They'd get in a brand-new hearse. It had just come from a funeral. It was traded in, and the leaves would start to rustle, and they'd run along the ground because the garage doors were open, and, you know, you'd look over. What was that? And you could kind of hear, like, things bumping around on that back row of cars against the far wall. 
you know, what's that, what's that line in Animal House? Well, I think we better be leaving. Um, and my wife always noted, she said, you know, it must be October. You're home on time. How come? Never mind. <laughs> you don't want to know. I don't want to tell you. I'll sit down with you and the kids. Let's have supper. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming right back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Ron and Danny and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. Pick it up, give us a call, leave a message if we're not on the air. Executive producer Tom Ray will uh, hook you up and cook you up and get you in here for the next live broadcast Saturdays at 2 East Coast time. Let's go over and talk to Frank, New Mexico, and uh, see what's going on here. Frank, welcome back to the Car Doctor, sir. How are you today? Oh, fine. Loving, loving the show as always, Doc. As, Thank you. As, as Thank for you. diagnostic tools, I'm looking at these red snap-on bricks you've recommended in the past, and I see, looks like I need to get a a module. It will be covering an 86 Olds, an 87 Buick, and an 89 Nissan. They're all OBD-1. Do I need to get a module for each of these uh, makes in addition to that basic brick? It's nice, and this stuff is probably cheap enough, cheap enough out there on eBay and such, Frank. So yeah, I would. I, you know, if you're driving older cars, and the Snap-on brick was a great tool. Listen, a lot of the Snap-on tools, I, I think, out of the choice of scan tools, it's, it's, it's Snap-on makes some of the best stuff out there. Um, they're definitely ahead as far as intelligent diagnostics, and if you, if you're willing to pay for the platform. Um, you know, it's it's big bucks now. Their Zeus is a sixteen thousand dollar investment, so uh, diagnostic tools are not cheap. But their older brick revolutionized the industry. I'll tell you, it's funny that they OTC was the leader in diagnostics as far as scan tools and handhelds, and then that Snap-on brick came along and it just pulled the market out from under them. It um, it it's the, I can only liken it to the collapse of Blockbuster when everything when Netflix came along and everything went to online streaming. You don't see a Blockbuster store around anymore either. So uh, you know what is it going to be on eBay? Um, you know, a couple hundred bucks and you'll have everything. Yeah, I would absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mentioned this to another radio uh, mechanic guy, one of your contemporaries, and he said, "Well, go go take a look at uh, Harbor Freight first. They've got." One that'll cover OBD one and OBD two, couple of models. And well, they have a lot of and, and compare them, and I and, and, just wondered. And he's not wrong. The difference is the Snap-on brick also has a troubleshooter cartridge, so it will give you diagnostic tips and repair acuum that are applicable to the vehicle that you're specifically looking at. In other words, they took, back in the day, this is 35, 40 years ago now, but they took, you know, they took a census of, they would talk to mechanics and say, hey, what'd you do to fix this? What'd you do to fix that? And they took all that information and condensed it down into a cartridge which would display that information on the screen. So it was tips and tricks and repairs of the day for those vehicles. Those other tools don't do that. And and a lot of that yeah, well, a, that's the way I'm leaning. Yeah, and, and and a lot of that knowledge is gone now because a lot of the mechanics are gone. They've either retired or they're moving on. Or I mean, gee, you bring in what year's your car, Frank? Eighty seven. Uh, eighty six olds. Right. Uh, you know, you, go, big old five olds. Go, go take your eighty six. Go take your eighty six olds into a GM dealer today and see if they understand what it is to work on and uh, you know how to work on it. And um, they, you know, it's the car. It's like a foreign car to them. It could be. It, it could be 100 years old at this point. So, um, you know, all that information that Snap-on had in those troubleshooter cartridges, 
was uh, very worthwhile. They've actually taken that info and they've that whole idea, and that's what's in their new tools, too. That's what makes their new tools so gosh darn popular. As always, sir, I appreciate the call. Have fun out there in the New Mexico desert. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's back right after this. Get your kicks on Route 66. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor is brought to you in part by Omnicraft. The quality and reliability you expect from Ford, now available for non-Ford vehicles. Learn more at OmnicraftAutoParts.com. Welcome back. Ron and Amy, the Car Doctor. Let's get over and talk to Michael in Massachusetts. Michael, you're on with the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi, Ron. How are yes, you? Sir. Good. What's going on? I have an 0300 Accord. Okay. Uh, EX. Okay. Four-cylinder. Right. Uh, I have a problem with the air conditioning. Um, we uh, changed the condenser, and uh, we're trying to look at things to find out why the compressor doesn't engage. Okay. Was, and, the, uh, was, we, uh, was the compressor coming on prior to changing the condenser, or what made yes, you change, what made um, you change well, the condenser? Um, that I well, there was no air conditioning okay. coming through at all. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, yes, the air conditioning wasn't. I noticed the condenser wasn't coming on. There was no drag at all when I turned it on. I do have a light, you know, that comes on with the air conditioning, but right. that's about it. Okay. We were we were looking at the uh, fuse box, see if there's any conden um, any um, to see if we can change. It, that's what he's trying to do now. My mechanic is trying to. He's uh, you know, uh, mechanic comes to the house. Um, trying to find out if the relays are a problem. Yes. Uh, you went through the fuse box, and it looks like continuity is good. Okay, do this. Do, do this, because yep. we don't have a lot of time left, all right? Mm -hmm. F fuse number 30 in the under-dash relay box, okay? Mm -hmm. um, fuse mm -hmm. number 30, it's a 7.5-amp fuse. That powers the AC compressor clutch relay, all right? Just okay. make sure fuse 30 in the under-dash fuse relay box is good. That's number one, all right? Number okay. two, in the underhood fuse box, make sure fuse 12 is good. That's the other side of the AC compressor clutch relay. Okay. All right? Okay. The compressor clutch, go with the AC compressor plugged in, turn the AC on, have him put a voltmeter going into it. Does he show 12 volts coming through the compressor clutch itself? Okay, with compressor plugged in... Compressor plugged in, does he have a 12-volt yep. signal with the AC on? Does he have a 12-volt signal at the AC compressor? At compressor, okay. Okay? If he doesn't, mm -hmm. go back up to the underhood fuse box. All right? Now, this is technical. Go up to the underhood fuse box. Read the hieroglyphics, the, 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 the cockeyed Japanese writing where they try to describe what the relays do. You're looking okay. for the you're looking for the symbol in the underhood fuse relay box of a snowflake. That's their interpretation okay. of air conditioning. All right. Correspond that picture to the relay location. All right. Do you have a two ounce ball peen hammer? Um, no. All right. We'll, we'll rough it. We'll use the backside of a long screwdriver. All right. Find that relay that corresponds to the snowflake with the car running and the AC on. Walk up to it. Tap that relay. Just give it a 
nice and easy. Not enough to break it, but enough to shock it and wake it. Kind of like what you would do to get your kids out of bed if they were late for school in the morning. See if the compressor comes on. That compressor relay is the most common. Diagnose that first. I'm running in the car doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. I want it.